You're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and I'm so glad you showed up for our relationship chat today, as well as for you and your people. We're all about living intentionally here so you can experience joy and balance in your relationships once again or for the very first time. Be sure you hang with us on our social media platforms. And if you like research like I do, make sure you check out our website at enneagramandmarriage.com for our weekly newsletter, freebies, and so much more, as well as at Instagram and Facebook. We have so many goodies to share with you. Let's dive right in together. Hey guys, I'm so excited that we get to talk all things Enneagram 8 together today. We are just in for a treat as we try to make sure our 8s feel loved and have the best routes to love also. I'm so grateful, especially because I know 8s are such great world leaders when they're healthy. And right now in the world, March 2022 is when I'm recording this. We just need good world leaders and we always do, right? So let's make sure that we remind the 8s in our lives how much we love and appreciate their brave souls, but also how we look forward to our eights growing more and more in love. And then if you're married to one, you growing more and more in love with your eight. So yay. And don't forget, we have the deep dive guides for you as well. If you want even more great tips and tools over at enneagramandmarriage.com. Before we get to that, I want to let you know that I have a great quote to start us off with eights. And it's from one of my favorite eight-ish people, Serena Williams. I don't know if you got a chance to see the new movie, King Richard. It was amazing. And I wished Serena had been portrayed a little bit more because I wanted to see that eight in action. Oh my gosh, the power of Serena Williams, the tennis star. But I also wanted to let you know, you can also follow her at Instagram. It's fun to see her. She's in mom life now. And she has so many great eight quotes and quotes for females and just inspirational quotes. And I'm just going to read a couple of them right now because I think that you'll really get to see even more of just eight as we fill in for you. So her first one I want to share is don't let anyone work harder than you do. And that just right away sets us up for seeing how powerful and strong and determined eights can be when they have a goal in front of them. And then the next one I want to share is this important one that is, I don't like to lose at anything, yet I've grown most not from victories, but setbacks. So that's helpful for you to also know as an eight, or if you're with an eight, that eights will be okay, even crisis, as you'll hear us chat in a little while. Sometimes they even do better in a crisis. But what's really neat for eights to remember is, allowing in that emotional and mental health growth, even from the toughest moments, will really help them to succeed. So not just succeeding as in victory over, but victory alongside and victory with is the cautionary tale to an eight, to make sure that the goals and dreams never get bigger than the people in their lives and to bring people with them, not to be over the people. So let's get into talking about our eights now in a little more depth. And let's make sure if you haven't seen that great movie yet, King Richard, and you love a good story about coming through 
difficulties, you will take a look at that, I hope. I also wondered about Venus being six-ish, and that's her older sister, and that seems to be what I've read online too, but we'll have to see what you think and about their father and mother too, but lots of eight power in this family, so a lot of fun and inspirational for you too as you put on your best features of eight. Okay, let's jump in. Hey, Jen, thank you so much for chatting with us about eights today. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. We love our eights. They are such powerful leaders in our world. Yes. Thank you for starting us off with that because we just love the ways that our eights love on others. I'm thinking about one right now who's been helping those in Ukraine. And there's just so many people out there that are eights that are helping somebody. Have you noticed that? Yes. And I've noticed a lot in leadership positions too. I have some friends who are AIDS, who are teachers, um, leading big organizations and just powerful and will stand up for everything that they believe in. And I think that is a beautiful example for so many other types. I do too. And I love hearing that you have noticed this quality about leading because any eights listening or spouses of eights, friends, family of eights know that we really believe in you and that we're excited for you to listen to today's podcast so that you can get your personal life and your one-to-one life in order even better and then give out even better because you already hear our long-term vision is we believe in you, right, Jen? Yes, definitely. And I think when they're in such a healthy place, they lead with beautiful grace and strength. Oh, me too. Well, I would love to give you guys a rundown of eights. Is there anywhere you would like to start, Jen? Yeah, I definitely think we need to go through a rundown and overview, and maybe you can then dive into the passions and the virtues of an eight. Okay, perfect. So eights are wonderful people who tend to really show us, like you said, leadership patterns, protectiveness. They can defend the underserved. They often really see themselves as somebody who knows how to take somebody under their wing as a mentor relationship. And they really do a good job of commanding the troops as well. So if you have a, an official situation, a work situation, a military situation, or a family situation, eights are very comfortable in the lead, whether they be male or females. They've just got this assertive uh, personality and they prefer the word usually passionate to aggressive because they just feel big and have lots to give. I love that description. And I also want to add that eights really enjoy taking on challenges. And I think they're great because they also help others to take on challenges with their self-confidence, their assertiveness, and all their strengths. Exactly. And as you mentioned, when they take these challenges on, it's like they're more comfortable than ever. I was looking at a video of my late father, who is an eight, when somebody came up and challenged us in a coffee shop, my husband and I were doing an interview with him on classic books and a woman came up to challenge him. And when she challenged him, he took a very quiet, slow sip of coffee. He seemed to be more calm than ever upon challenge. And I've heard this from a lot of eights that they just are so comfortable in this dynamic. So we'll get into the whys of this, but I love how you said, let's talk a little bit about 
the, uh, the passion and the fixation, because I think that when we start to see what eights are up against, it's really helpful to all of us and eights struggle with the passion of lust. They really want to be satisfied and they enjoy power. And that can be something that they use for good, of course, or that they want all the power for themselves. So when it gets to this place of being called the passion or the sin or the vice, it's kind of gotten into the problem area, I'll say, because it means instead of just helping people, I am putting myself above others. So eights, like all of us have to remember the, the thing we say to the fours, which is equanimity. We're all equal. You're not above anybody. You're not below anybody, but it's, it's important that you use your beautiful, big passion to help others, not just yourself. And then their fixation is that they can, uh, even when they feel like there's been an injustice in the world from all their protecting of others. And they say, oh my gosh, somebody slipped through and hurt somebody that I love or hurt me. They can go right into this fixation of vengeance and try to get back at people feeling like they're going to play God and take out justice on them. So it is a complex topic because as you know, Jen, sometimes we do have to be justice fighters in the world, right? Oh yeah, we definitely need to. And I will say that I have a very good friend who is an eight and she has a lot of very strong beliefs about what's going on with the virus and vaccinations. And we need people like that who are willing to understand, do the research and then stand up for what they believe in to inform other people. Right. So we do. And yet there's eights on all sides of these issues. And so we have to also be able to say at some point I come back to the virtue of innocence and, and that, that holy place of believing that God has these people and I do my part and I also let go and don't take out all the vengeance. And, you know, right now I'm thinking about the Avengers because there was a part in the movie with all of that in the movie series where all of them got in a bit of trouble because they were playing God and people across the world were getting mad at them for doing that. I know a lot of eights that like Avengers too, um, because of that idea of we will serve justice. That's what we're called here to do. So I like how Jen and I are helping you guys to hold that intention at the, at the same time as we want you to fight for good things. We also want you guys to know you have to let go. You have to rest and you have to understand that you don't understand every Everybody perfectly. And that's really hard for eights, nines, and ones to do because all of these people can deal with some sort of a repression of parts of their super ego, their id, or their adult portion of their brain. And they can, they can forget that they, they have to relate alongside of others, not above others. Yes, they do. And I was going to say as a one, I need to remember that too. So that's good. Yes. Yes. And as a one, it's a little different in this kind of a fun way where ones get to say, okay, super ego power down this parent portion of the brain gets to power down. I get to play a little more. Eights have a very strong play area of the brain. They also have a very strong adult area of the brain that kind of says, this is what you do. But what they've shut down is that super ego area of the brain that kind of says the omniscient God will take care of things. And sometimes that's because they're like, excuse me, you know, God wasn't there at this different time in my life, but ultimately to be human means that there is an element of faith and legacy that we want to leave and forgiveness that we want to exude. And you can listen to some of our forgiveness episodes too, because this is a big topic we can't completely unpack today, but suffice it to say for today that this overdoing this lust, this thinking that they might be above others or that they are the only 
answer to justice can get eights in a lot of trouble. So we want them to have some sort of faith coming in here uh, where they can release and head into that virtue of innocence. I like that. I like that w- the way you said that. And I think that is a very important virtue. Excellent. Yes. yes. So do you want to tell us a little bit about the defense mecha- mechanism of an eight? Absolutely. So I got into one of them a little bit, and that's the repression of one of these parts of their, their brain. But I also want to add in denial that a lot of eights really struggle with denial in the sense that they are dealing with not thinking that their issues are really that bad and just not denying themselves anything. Just, I want it. So therefore I will take, and I will have it and I'm unstoppable. And I even named the three, eight pairing unstoppable, but I really want to reiterate that Uh, They do have their end and they don't want to burn bridges because you never know what might come back and who you might need in the long run. And that's whether you believe in God or not, all eights, all people come to an end. And so it's important to say, I will be able to uh, exert not only my dominance, but self-control in the world where I know how to stop. I know how to stop eating. I know how to stop taking. I know how to stop working out, overdoing. Uh, If you've listened to any of our past podcasts, we've talked about all these topics with eights. So it's just an important place for them to realize they can go and we'll talk about arrows and wings. These arrows and wings, the nine and the five space will uh, ultimately help them with some of this. But when they're in this eight and their seven spaces, they're like, I can do more. I can take more. And it can be not only unsettling to their families who also want to exert opinions and relate on a one-to-one or an even level, but it can also just hurt them because of all their uh, denial of their limits and denial of their mortality. Okay. I appreciate all of that. What about yes. the blind spot in marriage? Well, there's so many different blind spots in marriage that an eight can deal with, but one of the many is being more of a drill sergeant than a spouse. And that is so big for eight marriages that your spouse wants you to come in alongside of them and they want you to be with them in sensitivity and in vulnerability. And that is really hard for an eight because one of the other key features of an eight is that they don't want to be vulnerable because they've been hurt in vulnerability. A bit of their ideology to go along with this is that often in childhood, they realized that their mothers couldn't protect them in all of the ways they needed, or that they were just overpowering to their mother, or that in order to get anything done, they had to dominate maybe a weaker mother figure. And, and obviously mothers are obviously most of the time, extremely loving, but for whatever reason they overpowered them. And so there's this sense of, I need to overpower others in order for our family to make it. And so I can do again, what I want, when I want and call the shots, but the marriage partner wants just that a partner, not a parent, especially not a parent who doesn't have a strong superego, which is the moral compass part of the brain, because then they usually say, gosh, not only do you want a lot, but you can be tyrannical and you can be selfish. And so it's important that they look at some of these blind spots as, you know, this will come back to you. Eventually all of the vengeance you put out there is going to hurt you in the long run. And it's going to break ties in the family and all the domineering will be hard on you. And, and luckily my eight dad was able to relate at the end of his life and say, sorry for that. And he was able to say, I did the best I could and I forgave him, but there was a lot of trauma and drama in the meantime for all the family members because of that kind of style of a blind spot. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm glad he was able to come back around and forgive 
and um, to apologize. And then for you to be able to forgive him, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. I love that. So then I think it could be very useful if you tell us a little bit about the subtypes of the eight. Eights have three different subtypes. And the first one we'll talk about is the self-preserving eight, whom I really like to call the stoic eight. I think in marriage, a lot of their spouses have trouble breaking through. I know stoicism is very popular right now. There's a lot of podcasts on it if you want to understand it better, but it, it comes all the way back to Roman and Greek times where people were just learning what is a practical way to live life. Even if we don't have a lot of faith, or even if we do, and we just want a practical way to live life life's life because eights are very practical, a lot of times black and white thinkers. And so this eight can be a bit judgmental because of that. It's just, there's one way to do things. It's an efficient way. Um, and I, I just make sure I always follow the same track and that's good. And it also involves taking care of themselves materially and their crew, but sometimes their spouse or their people notice, like I said, a bit of judgmentalism or um, such introversion that they're very five-like sometimes and that they don't necessarily want to be with people. Sometimes they might be like, I'm so stoic and self-assured and kind of just on my own and strong that I don't like weakness and that I don't stop working because I have to, um, I have to just continue to gather resources. Um, It's hard even with the subtypes because sometimes the self-preserving piece of an eight can be like, I do stop working and I rest a lot in my five space. So it can have a couple of different looks, but the main thing is they're concerned about their resources and they can be a bit judgmental and, uh, it can make their spouse feel a bit lonely and judged. And like, you know, they're kind of ignoring the social call in some ways. And that goes along with a lot of self-preserving types where they're just concerned about their resources and that can leave a lot of people out and put their focus on other things that are not as important. Yeah, that's a great reminder, Jen. That's really a lot of self-preserving types. And so what about the social type? So the social eight is thought of as the counter type of eight. And I don't worry about saying counter type in all of these episodes as much because our focus here is on how is the marriage relationship going to work. But when I say counter type, I just mean this is a type that acts against a lot of the typical eight features and is vulnerable because they do go out and help people and they're very sociable and giving. And I call this eight the hero because I think this eight really does put on the Avengers hat really well. And, and really tries to help the underdog and um, can sometimes even overly exhaust themselves. When I said the eights can wear out because they're doing so much, this eight can say I'm unstoppable, I'm invincible. And, and they honestly do have a lot more energy than a lot of the other types. So they bring a lot of goodness and power to others. And in marriage, this can make their spouse a little bit more weary because they're like, my spouse is always doing things or on a mission. I miss them. I want time with them and I want them to come back home and be with me, not just serve the world. So this eight needs to make sure that they're not just playing the hero of the family at work or uh, with their favorite missions, but that they really show up as just a partner at home. Once again, not over, but in, and also that they pull back a little when they're um, overly energetic and they just need to be a little bit smaller with their presence and not so big. Um, and I hear from a lot of eight saying, I can't help how much presence I have. But when I say that, I just mean, be a good listener. And that, that, that alone will take you a long way. Yes. I like that. Definitely be a good listener and definitely pulling back. I know a lot of 
social subtypes in general are always out there doing too much, maybe socializing too much or too invested in their careers. And so pull back is a good phrase for them to remember. Yes. And I also want to say with the sexual eight, this is the eight that gets known for being the most out there and a little bit more egocentric, all about me kind of a person. And when I talked about the the part of the eight, that is I'm better than others and we're going to do it my way. This eight is more social than that self-pres eight. It, it, and it's not yet so social that it's all about caring about others. It's I need to make sure I have a conquest of whatever I want in the world. So this eight can attract a mate, but they can attract lots of mates. And it's important that when they're looking for intimacy, that they realize intimacy comes with safety and the one-to-one bond. And that can be perplexing to them because they think, but I want this, I want more relationships. I want more flirtations. I want more fun. But when they are able to see things a bit more clearly is when you say, what about your partner? Would you want your partner acting this way in public with others? And they don't want that. They want their partner to be faithful to them. Now, what can come with that is they don't respect their partner as much because they're like, you're not as in my face as I am with you. You're not as lustful. You're not as vibrant out there in the world. And so this eight has to do a lot of self-work to look at past abuse. They, they often need therapy to work on deeper issues at the core, and they need to make sure that they aren't, you know, sabotaging their own relationships by on the one hand, not wanting their spouse to cheat and flirt, but on the other hand, not wanting their spouse to be mousy and quiet at home. So they have to do some inner reflection to make sure that they're really doing their own work. I would say for the sexual eight, that's a huge piece. All of these subtypes, we have to remember balance. And so if they're leaning too hard into one area, then they're not going to be healthy. So helping find balance and to use your planner to be able to get into each one of these areas and to pay attention to whether they're leaning too hard is very useful. And so maybe in speaking of health, would you be able to talk to a little bit about the arrows and how they can move, use their arrows for better balance and health? Absolutely. And I love what you said about balancing the subtypes because not only, yes, you can use our Enneagram and Marriage Glow Planner. It's on our website, enneagramandmarriage.com. It's a great way to go week by week through all these topics. But just in general, I think that because we're looking at problems here on the podcast, we need to remember that each of these has a gift too. So thanks for reminding us that the self-preserving people are great at saving up money and resources and time, and that the eights who are social are helping the world and that the one-to-one eights are keeping things flowing in the area of intimacy. So we want to balance all three of those out. And I love that you brought honor to that, Jen. So thank you. Yes. And I think for me, it's just a useful because I need to remember it. And so I constantly keep going back to it because I need to achieve balance. That's something I'm striving for as someone who just leans so hard into self-preservation. So it's a good Mm -hmm. reminder for all of us. It really is that there's good to each of these two. So don't be completely hard on yourself if you're not the pathological version. Um, And even if you are, try to balance the best of each of them. So as to the arrows, it's so helpful when an eight can just take that natural movement to their, from their power and their love of giving to others right into, you can imagine the type two who does this so beautifully and the type two, as they're getting healthy, does it humbly. So it's coming from a place of humility versus dominance. And that makes the gift accepted more beautifully in the world too, because people don't want to be given, um, by somebody who is better than them. They want to be given 
just because somebody loves them. And ultimately, even if for a few minutes, it feels good to be loved by a hero. I think everybody ultimately wants to be the hero of their own story. So it's a nice space for eights to empower others versus just exert power over others. And then when they make their move to type five, they come into a place of rest and research and reflection. And a lot of eights really do love research. And that's not a popularly known thing about eights. You have to have sessions with eights to really see this or be close to one or be one. But when they're healthy, they often are very good at just looking deep into things and doing a lot of historical work. I know that was our father's role in our family was being the family historian and genealogy buff and absolutely knew everything about art history and literature and regular history. And it was such a wonderful feature to have in our family as a legacy. And I just want to invite eights and their spouses into this quieter, more reflective space. Um, also my dad was a great writer. I think a lot of eights have a very powerful writing style because they're to the point and they're great at marketing. A lot of the times for that same reason, they know how to say what needs to be said in a way that is poignant, but stylish. And they often have very simple color schemas for styles like a black and white or the broad basic colors. And we'll have to do a whole episode on micro expressions, et cetera. But, but that said, eights can bring out these deeper parts of them when they hit their five space. And last of all, that five space, they just do such a good job here of resting and remembering that they have limits. So that's so important for them to know their spouse wants them to rest. They want to rest with them and they can also be learning and growing from this space. And I can just imagine that's so useful for an eight to be able to rest because I'm sure there's so many causes they want to champion and so much they want to do that. They just need to take that rest and going into that five space allows them to have that rest and to not feel guilty about going to that space. Amen. Yes. Don't feel bad to have to say no to somebody, even somebody you love, because I know you want to give, but you're going to be a better giver if you're choosy with whom you give to and Mm -hmm. when you give. So take your rest, take your naps and you won't be as cranky either because eights are in the anger triad. And so it really helps to be less judgmental, less angry, and more healthily reflective when they take this time in their five mode. So when you can be really healthy, you're flowing with your power, your flowing with your love and you're flowing with your innovating research style here in the five zone. So there's just a lot of great things for an eight to look at. And if they're not doing the healthy dance of arrows, then they're going to their two place and they're getting histrionic and seductive and lustful and prideful. And they're going to their five space and hoarding and being very greedy. So it's just good for them to do the other one instead. Yeah, that makes sense. And that just brought me to the fact that we should talk a little bit about wings, because I can imagine that the wings on either side of the eight would be very useful in helping to maybe calm them down a little bit or to help them get to be a little more lighthearted and fun. So how can they use their wings and health? Yeah. So these complementary types are types that as you guys are probably aware of when you're thinking of arrows and wings, it's helpful to just say there are types that eight can really learn from 
and take on the traits of. So we have two more of those types, the wings of eight, which are seven and nine. And those are the types on either side of the eight. And what's very helpful is for them to first take from the type seven, which is a place of yes, movement and eights can do very well with all their energy to get moving. Some of them even do one to two workouts every single day because they have so much energy and power. And their spouse says, don't talk to me till after you've done your workout. Um, and so in their seven, they can do some of that, but they can also be lighter and more fun and embrace their virtue of innocence a little bit more by saying, I'm allowed to play. I don't have to just dominate the family. I'm going to create space and fun to play. So a lot of eights may like video games or really fun kinds of video games and group video games, or they may like to have big family cookouts or um, organize things where they are serving, but laughing and playing. And eights often do very well with children and the elderly. So these are nice spaces for them to just play in their seven mode every single day. They want to add some play into their lives. And then of course, play with their spouse where it's not a, I'm better than you at all, or I know more than you, or I'm bigger than you, but just we're here together and we're being innocent and fun. And then when they go over to their nine space, they're instead of just saying, I know more than everybody, they're saying, I understand that there's multiple perspectives in the world. And I have such a heart of love that I can understand, even if I don't agree with the other perspectives and I can try to forgive and to be more benevolent and good instead of vengeful or uh, in an unhealthy way, justice oriented. Oh, yes. And I love that you say they can just play. And I think they need that. They need to have play. They need to have fun. They need to be able to relax because they are very strong in so many capacities that they just need to let down that wall a little bit using their wings. That's fantastic. So I think we can go into tips for marriage. Do you have a tip for marriage or is there anything else you would add about an eight before we move into that? I would definitely love to talk about some tips for marriage because I think that that's what the spouses are here for the most. That's a great idea. So I think that what we really need to remember is in addition to us always saying to the eight, oh, make sure you don't overexert your energy. I want to tell the spouse to make sure they honor the eight's energy and, and just let them know if you need more personal space or time, go ahead and get that. But don't act like to the eight that you uh, can't relate at all and, and don't judge them for having energy. It's a great gift if you guys can learn how some of that can be exerted with you. Some of it can be exerted without you. Um, I also want to let eights and their spouses know that eights typically like to process issues up front and in a very organized way uh, so that there's not too many issues all in front of them at once that can be overwhelming to them. And so if the eight brings up an issue in the marriage, try to stick with that issue before you move on to another. And then when you're ready on a different day, or at least at a different moment, then you can bring in your issue. Yes. And I like what you said about, they may need a little more time since they are, can be feelings inhibited. So they might need a little more time to process. They might need, um, a little bit of time to get into their emotions. And so maybe that time is useful and also just not jumping into something too quickly so that the eight doesn't get overwhelmed and feel like they can't deal with all the things. So tackling one thing at a time. And I think that's useful advice for any type, really. Me too. I am grateful that you added that because a lot of the types can do a lot of globalizing. And sometimes that's needed in order to say, here's the big picture. But what's not helpful is you can't, you know, you can't heal 
everything all at once. You can't say I have five or 10 attachment wounds. Let's do them all now. So it really helps to say, let's be a little bit more specific here. What is the issue at hand? And now let's address that. And then maybe we plan for every single week. If you're using the Enneagram and marriage planner, you can go through new things every week, or you can say, we're going to hit that every single time we go talk to our marriage coach. We also have certified coaches if you need that, or you might have somebody locally in your state that you see or a pastor, but, but even if you're just having a weekly marriage meeting, the two of you try to spread it out so that you're not overwhelmed. I'm glad that you like that tip for other types too, Jen. Yeah, I think it is useful for those that are feelings inhibited. And I also liked your tip earlier about body work. And since eights are in the body center, they need to make sure to get their exercise and their movement because they don't want to get stuck and they don't want to let the anger build. Yes. Oh my gosh. And that really reminds me of another one too, that they need to take a pause because like uh, ones and nines, they're very instinctually based. So they're catching reactions so quickly when be chestnut was on the podcast. She talked about how fast our instincts work and these types are all very instinctually wired. So if they take a pause before reacting and responding when they're angry, it's a huge gift to them and their spouses because a, they're not going to say something they might regret or that their spouse might not be able to forget. And B uh, they're going to have a better countenance for staying in till they can finish up. And I know that's the goal. The eight wants to get in here. Let's do this. Let's talk it out. And if they can be a little lighter because they've breathed and paused and reminded their bodies, that they're not in an emergency, then their spouse is less likely to be overwhelmed and their own systems are less likely to become flooded. And when an eight gets flooded or any type gets flooded, it's, it's a very unhealthy bodily process because your body feels completely stormed and you may say or do things that are completely out of control. So it's so important that in order to keep things at a normal pacing that you take some pauses and some deep breaths. Yes. And I know yoga and meditation can be very useful for an eight because I think it really helps them to slow down and to process all these big emotions. And then it can really help them to even get into their power even more, which is amazing. That's great. And you have a good yoga program that you recommend. Can you tell us what the name of that website is by any chance? Yes. I wouldn't say I have a yoga program. I have a couple of people I like on YouTube, but I do like the meditation channel and she does yoga as well, but it's slow yoga, which eights may hate or love. I'm not sure as a one, I hate it. It gives me a little too much anxiety, but um, I like her meditation and 15 minutes is about the max I can do, but I'm working on it. And it's called Boho Beautiful. And she has a very calming, soothing voice, which for me is exactly what I need is just the calm, relaxing voice. And just, um, to be able to sit still and look at a beautiful natural environment. She's always in someplace gorgeous is, is very relaxing. So I think it's, it's a useful channel. Everyone should at least check out. I love that. Thank you. And I know our fours really love to have a beautiful setting. And I imagine our eights would too, because they can really enjoy aesthetics. They're five senses people. So I'm glad you brought that up, Jen. And I also want to make sure that eights know that their children really also, just as you heard me say about my dad, they love to just be together. Children want to make sure that they are cared for and nurtured by their eight. And they do have such a strong relationship to two. I know a lot of eights might think it's a sign of weakness in order to show that, 
but it's very helpful to remember that's not weakness. It's actually beautiful for your kids and family to see you being vulnerable because they really feel like that you're on the same level. And, and that's a good thing, especially as they grow up, sometimes you have to be a parent. So you can't always be on the same level when you're disciplining, but certainly in times of play and just family conversations at dinner, it doesn't have to be all lesson based, but just friendship based. And that's going to be a beautiful ebb and flow as you guys, um, as the kids get older is to be able to just naturally flow into that. Like, oh yeah, we know all about this kind of friendship because, uh, we play sometimes together. So just make sure you invite that into. I like that advice. And I like that advice for me as well. I think that I sometimes forget to play because I'm being so productive all the time and trying to get so many things done. So I like that advice, especially with your kids. They need to see you play. They need to see you have fun and to be able to relax is useful for all of the types. And those are great marriage tips. Oh, thank you so much. And we have so many more in our deep dive for eights because we touched on forgiveness, but we have so many, I'm looking at about 15 tips right now on how to distract, how to work through these kinds of anger and forgiveness issues. So we would just go on for hours and days. If we talked every one of these case studies out and we have eights in every season of marriage. So please make sure you understand that in addition to the few tips we gave you on type and wing and arrow work, we have so much more for you at enneagramandmarriage.com if you just want to keep working and growing. And we also have a lot of freebies. So in case you're like, I don't want to buy anything, we can allow you to really just take, I know that's how you and I even first got started, Jen, is you were going through all the freebies, right? Yes. Yes. And I was going to say, you have added even so much more to the freebies, but the first thing that I found with Enneagram and marriage, I went on, I printed out all your freebies. I made myself a binder in a typical one fashion and (laughs) I, I, and I just dug in with my husband and it really, we got so far just using the freebies. And that's actually what inspired me to reach out to you. So I would encourage everyone just go in there and check out the freebies and just learn more about your Enneagram type. If you don't definitely head on over to truity.com and figure out your Enneagram type. We also do coaching sessions where we can help Mm -hmm. people figure out their types, which is awesome. And it has led to so much growth for individuals and in couples. And then once both spouses figure out their type, they can go ahead and get their Enneagram glow guide. And that can help them even more in figuring out, you know, how to better interact with their partner and connect in so many different ways. So there's so many options and so much, so much room for growth. And I just love all the work you're doing, Krista, to allow people to grow and to improve their marriages at the same time. Oh, thank you so much. It's such a beautiful testimony to hear about how we found uh, just our work together and just that it was actually these freebies that got you there. And uh, you've helped so much, Jen, to refine our deep dives. And I'm just so grateful for you and our listeners because they're part of the team of encouragement too, but they're also really out there doing the work. And what we said at the beginning of this episode to the eights was we want to help you with this SX or the sexual subtype, uh, the one-to-one relationship and your self-care so that you can give out better because we believe in you and for your beautiful potential in the world. So I hope that you're going to take at least a couple things from this episode and go out there and just make it so much more of a great week and maybe even bring in some changes that will last a lifetime. I know that's my ultimate hope and Jen's too, right? Oh yes, definitely. And I love what you said about just helping people because that they are going to help the other people in their life. And so if we can have one person, then it extends and does a much 
has a much bigger reach. And so we just hope that everyone will take these tips and share them out there, share these episodes, check out the deep dives. They give you so much knowledge and please reach out to us. If you have anything that you want to learn more about or anything we can help you with, we love getting feedback. Don't we, Krista? Absolutely. It really helps us to refine all of your comments are refining tools for us. So we know what you want more of, and you can always reach Jen at Enneagram and marriage, Jen, J E N N at gmail.com or check us out on Enneagram and marriage.com. Thank you guys so much for being part of today. We're so grateful. Oh, thanks everyone for joining us. And Crystal, next week is our last week on the nine. This is going to be crazy. I can't believe we're wrapping up the nine weeks. I know. Sad, but exciting. We did them all. (laughs) Yes. Please listen to the other types guys. It helps so much to learn where everyone's coming from and we're all working on these vices and our passions, our fixations. So make sure you give a lot of grace as we're all doing our work together. Okay. Awesome. Thank you, Krista. Thanks everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks so much for sharing that fun time with us. I'm so glad that we got to really process the ins and outs of eights so that you guys could be at your very best as a couple, as an individual, as a family, and as a collective. Make sure you grab the deep dive on eight if you want more information and you want it in a way that is going to, especially being an eight, be conducive to organized learning and just seeing the letters in the black and white and being able to say, okay, this is something I'm going to try. This one's not going to work for me. You know, that's okay too. But make sure you take some time to really work through the tools you heard today and or those as well over at enneagramandmarriage.com. I hope you guys have a great day. Talk to you soon. Thank you again for listening with us. It was so wonderful to have you. I love knowing we're doing this journey together, not perfectly, but with love, grace, and hopefully some fun too. If you love today's episode, make sure you leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcast or Spotify so others can find it too. Visit our show notes so you can get all the links from today's show, as well as Enneagramandmarriage.com, the Instagram, the Facebook, and all over the place. Make sure you spread the word. Love living intentionally with you. Bye-bye.